Amen. And, and, and God as Father is the foundation of the new covenant. And, and I believe it's something that we all collectively are meant to partake of individually, but as a one another. Like, like we've got to remind one another, hey, you're gonna make it, you know why? Because God's in you, you've been born of him. Like you will forget tomorrow that you're born of God and you need someone, hey Jeff, you've been born of God, Christy. Like we gotta tell each other, text each other, remind, because what happens, life happens and you get confronted with death and chaos and confusion and you need to be reminded, wait a minute, there's a different reality. I've been born again, the spirit of the living God, the same thing that parted the Red Sea, that raised Lazarus from the dead, is just rocking up and bubbling around in my belly And Jesus said that those who believe in him would have rivers of living water come out of their bellies. Uh, We are going to talk about our Heavenly Father this morning. Amen. Um, He's a big deal. He's a big deal. And, um, you know, we were singing about the more. We're singing about the the living water this morning. And I I believe that the, the quality of our Christian life hinges on on our relationship with our Father in heaven. Um, I'm going to say that again. I believe the quality of our Christian life, our experience of the more, directly corresponds to our knowledge of God. Amen. What you believe about God matters. Like we're praying for more, but oftentimes the more comes with a simple changing of the way that we think about our dad. Oh, come on. He, he gives the spirit, the Bible says, without measure. Come on. If he were to actually, like the governor is on our end. The father gives his spirit without measure. According to the blood of Jesus and the sacrifice of his son. That is the only measuring rod for heaven for the giving of the Holy Spirit. So our experience of that fullness, of that unlimited measure, it rests right here in our minds, in our spirits. And so we're going to dive into that this morning, amen? Um, and so before we did that, I do just want to just wish the fathers a happy Father's Day. I wanted to honor Pastor Joe. Um, I shared this this morning, but um, it's becoming increasingly more rare uh, to find men and fathers who... Uh, not only have pursued God for a long time, but who've done so faithfully and, and continue to grow their passion and their love for God. Um, and that's true of your pastor. He's an amazing man of God. I know you guys know this, but I want to honor him. And I want to I exhort you as, as, as people who belong to this house, um, do not allow familiarity uh, with, with, with this man to, to breed contempt in your heart. What does that mean? It means that, that you get so used to being around such an amazing, you know, not, not just Pastor Joe, but his whole team and the staff, but you get so accustomed to it that you take it for granted. Amen? Yeah, like we got to keep our, our hearts soft and innocent towards these people around us who are, who are just great gifts. And so just honor him and Pastor Nancy. You guys are such a gift to, to me and to this house and to this city. And so uh, it really is a privilege uh, I also wanted to honor my dad. Uh, I don't know if he's watching this, but it's Father's Day, and, and I am standing here in love with God, in love with my wife, with five beautiful children, uh, an amazing ministry because he just fathered me really well. Um, and mom, you get included in that. My mom and sister is here. Um, but, but he just, you know, I realized not everyone had that experience, and I consider it a great privilege I uh, just wanted to publicly honor him. Uh, and those of you who, who did have dads, good or bad, 
um, that we can find things to honor our dads for. Amen? It pleases God. And I love what you said about God uses broken people uh, and he fulfills his purposes. And so I'm just recognizing that, standing here so grateful uh, for my dad uh, in his life and his witness. And so awesome. You guys ready to dive into the word? All right. Uh, 1 John chapter 3. Um, You can go there if you have your Bible. I still like a paper Bible. You don't hear pages anymore. I just love this thing. Amen? This is life. This is life. This is life. A lot will change if you put Instagram down and you pick this up. All right. Put your hand on your heart. Let's pray. Father... God, we love you. We love you this morning. We turn our hearts and our affections to you, and I ask, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you come and would you reveal the Father to us in ways that we've never seen him before? And in that revelation, would your Spirit come and allow us to experience, not just to know about our Father, but to experience the majesty and the goodness and the beauty and the glory of his character and of his nature, Lord. Let that, let that nature, let that, that glory, that goodness, let it consume us this morning in a fresh way. Come on, if that's you, just pray with me for a minute here. Just say, God, I want you to, just to consume me with your glory. In your own words, God, I want to be overwhelmed with a consciousness and an awareness of you, God. I, wanna, I want my self-consciousness and the fear of man to be swallowed up by an awareness of you and your goodness. And so, Lord, we look to you This morning, you're where our help comes from. You're the source of all life. And so, Lord, we we, we ask for the grace to turn our eyes from ourselves this morning, from our circumstances, and to put them on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Before we hop in, um, we're going to read a few scriptures about the Father. Um, There's a lot. And, um, but I, but I want to say this, um, because this is important as we approach the scriptures, as we approach God as our father, many of us have beliefs about God that are not true. Amen. Can we be honest about that? Um, it's important. If you believe something about God, that's not true and you hold it as a belief, it, it actually will become an idol in your life. It becomes an idol. It becomes something that you're relating to, thinking it's God, but it's not actually God. That was what idols were in the Old Testament. We don't have little statues anymore, most of us. Pray that you don't. But we have different idols in our culture today, and it's it's belief systems. And one of the ways that, again, we experience the more of God, that we begin to advance in our faith and grow up to look more and more like our Father in Heaven. How many of you know that's the goal of Christianity? is we can bear the image of God. It's not to make you happy. It's not to make you blessed. It's to bear the image of God. You may be happy and blessed along the way, but, but the gift and the blessing of our faith is that we get to represent, represent God to the world. When the world sees us, they see him. Why? Not because we're some super Christians and we flexed our way into God's nature, but because we just beheld him and we were transformed into his image. And so our biggest challenge, watch this, your biggest challenge as a believer, you've got a crossroads every single day of your life. You have your flesh and your experience and things that are happening around you that you get to actually look at and go, okay, am I going to live by this or am I going to live by the spirit and what's true of heaven? 
what's true of my Father. This is the crossroads for every believer. And your, and your measure of the Spirit of God and the grace of God and the love of God and the abundance of Christ corresponds to your ability to walk by faith in the Spirit, keeping the eyes of your heart fixed on the Word of God, the nature of God, and the person of Jesus Christ. And so what does that mean for us? It means that all of us at some point throughout our lives, you're tempted to create beliefs about God based on what you see in someone else, what you saw in a pastor, what you saw in your earthly father. You begin to believe, oh, God must be impatient with me if I continue to sin because that's what was modeled for me my whole life. And so we have to be willing, we have to be humble. It doesn't matter how long we walk with God. The revelation of God as our Father, let me tell you something this morning. The revelation of God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God who created the heavens and the earth and all that is in them, the fact that you and I this morning can open our mouths and say, our Father is a big deal. It's not something that you just get to say, Peter, I know that. No, 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 no. If you tell me you know that, I know that you don't know that. I'm serious. Well, I just got back from the mountains. We were in Pagosa Springs, which is beautiful. How many of you have been there or to Colorado and seen the mountains? How many of you know that every morning when you wake up in the mountains, you see this like mountain range and it's beautiful, right? And you're like, oh, I've been there. Like, what if I were to tell you, oh, I, I saw these San Juan, these mountains, and you're like, oh, I know that. What do you mean you know that? I'm not telling it to you as, a, as something to know intellectually. I'm talking about the mountains as I'm trying to describe the majesty and the beauty and the impact that it had on my soul. Because it doesn't matter how many times you look at those mountains, you're like, wow. Right? And we do that with nature, but sometimes with the revelation of God, we're like, we, we, we see this massive mountain range of the revelation that God is our Father, and we're like, oh, I know that. And if you say, I know that, you're missing the point in the beauty that it can have on your soul and your heart and your walk by saying, whoa, 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 I don't ever want to just know that. I want it to impact my heart. I want to be, be in awe of this fact that I can walk around. I can walk through trials. I can walk through hell. I can, I can have debt. I can have all this stuff. But in all of these things, I can look at God, God, I can look at God, and I can say, Dad. Come on, there, there's not more mouth. Your mouth should be hanging out. You can tell when someone, like when, like when Pastor Chris was singing, you could see faith rise in his heart. Could you see that? Because he believes that there, like I know, I know without even having to know, he's watched God raise things from the dead in his life. So when he's singing, he's singing with conviction. Why? Because he's seen God take dead things and raise them to life. And you can tell, like I believe in this hour, church, we need more people filled with faith like filled with the consciousness of God where they're just walking around and they got like that crazy look and they're like, what's wrong with that dude? It's like, well, he actually knows God. What do you mean God? Like God, like he knows him, he walks with him. He's a son or a daughter of God. And so there's just this wild look in his eye like, man, all things are possible. Like I look at this nation, let me just tell you something, my perspective as one who walks with God in, in our nation right now, can I tell you? Yeah. Our nation is toast because the gospel's advancing. That, that's heaven's perspective. Oh, what's happening in our nation? There's so many Christians right now obsessed with the depravity in our nation, and all I can think about is we have the gospel. We have the everlasting gospel in our hearts and in our mouths, and at the core of what's happening in our nation is sin. 
Let me give you a biblical worldview. Hey, what's happened in 2020, 2021? Can you speak to political and racism and all this stuff? Yes, I can. It's sin. In black, in white, in Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, wherever you see death and selfishness and depravity and chaos, sin is at work. I'm not amazed by that because here's what I know, that God sent his son Jesus to pay for the sins of the whole world, to forgive them. Black, white, Republican, Democrat, there is power in our mouth and in our hearts because we have the gospel. And, and nothing will change unless we begin to behold God, the majesty of, of, of being in the family of God, and begin to proclaim, proclaim that to the world around us. This is the answer. This is it. And listen, I, I've got, I don't know if this is sobering on Father's Day. Maybe you wanted a little more, you know, golf clap message. I love golf. Praise God. I'm going to be watching the U.S. Open today. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Jim Nance. It's awesome. But listen, listen, I, I can't help what I know and what I see in, in your plan A. And there's no plan B. This is it. We're it. Let that sink in for a minute. I better get to the word. <laughs> All right, first John three, I'll make this official. Read this thing. 1 John 3, 1 says this, See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Okay, read it again. See what kind of love the Father has given to us. This is what I've been talking about. John is writing to the church, and he says, guys, I need you to stop, and I need you to see. And listen, that, that phrase, uh, what kind, that phrase, what kind, it's a word, potapos, I'm probably saying it wrong. It's a Greek word that means, from what country is this love? Think about that. He's saying, I want you to stop and look and examine the love of God demonstrated through Christ on the cross. I need you to slow your life down. I know you're busy doing church, but I need you to slow down, go back to the beginning, and to see with the eyes of your heart every single day what kind of love the Father has given to us. And he's saying this. He's saying, you've never seen a love like this. And so I need you to actually see it and, and begin to contemplate and ponder. Even this morning, I charge you, those watching online, those in this room, begin to ponder what kind of love for, is this? From what country is this love? Like I shared this morning, if, if you've ever been at a, a restaurant and someone comes up to you with a different accent and you're like, what, where are you from? Like you get curious, right? Because they talk differently. And John is saying the same thing he's saying, guys, listen, I need you to slow down and recognize the way that God has loved us by sending his son to die on a cross, to shed his blood, to take on the form of a man. This is not normal. You've never heard an accent like this before. You've never seen love like this before. You, you can't possibly grasp it with your natural mind, and so I need you to see I need you to pause and let the eyes of your heart be open to a love that is so otherly that you would actually, in this love, you would become a child of God. Now listen, this revelation I think has become, it's on too many pillows and too many coffee mugs. 
Maybe tattoos, I don't know. It's controversial. Maybe it's not down here in Uptown. It's not controversial. Praise God. John 1, 12 to 13 says this. You can go there, maybe on the screen. It says, to those who received him, who believed in his name, he gave them the right. Jesus gave us the right to be born, not of the will of flesh, not of blood, nor of the will of man, but to be born of God. This, this is at the heart and the foundation of our faith, and if I were to give one message to the global church, I would say we got to come back to this one phrase, born of God. The privilege, the honor, the joy. If you're in this room this morning or watching online and you've confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord, you've entered in through the death, burial, and resurrection by faith, you have been born of God. You have been born of God. And, and this status is so far beyond what every guy in the Old Testament was able to experience. Come on, Jesus himself said of those born of a woman, there's been no one greater than JTB, Juan the Baptist. Come on, y'all okay? Sirius is not a fruit of the Spirit. It's okay to have fun in church. Did y'all know that? If you know that, tell your face. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just making sure you're awake. Sometimes you start listening with those, you know, those old ears. You got to listen with the new ears. God's amazing. Of those born of a woman, no one's greater than John. But the least in the kingdom is greater than that man. Why? Because we've been born of God. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us in a way that no one throughout human history has. And, and, I, and I fear that it's just become something that we know, not something that we're consciously experiencing and allowed to draw from in our marriages, in the workplace, in the day-to-day life, facing pandemics, facing race riots. Like, we have to learn to draw from Christ within and the nature of the new covenant so that we can respond rightly to a world that's perishing and not compromise our witness and lose our faith and throw in the towel and give up before Christ comes back. Because let me tell you, he's coming. Amen? And, and, and God as Father is the foundation of the new covenant, and, and I believe it's something that we all collectively are meant to partake of individually, but as a one another. Like, like we've got to remind one another, hey, you're going to make it. You know why? Because God's in you. You've been born of him. Like, you will forget tomorrow that you're born of God, and you need someone. Hey, Jeff, you've been born of God. Christy, like, we got to tell each other, text each other, remind, because what happens? Life happens, and you get confronted with death and chaos and confusion, and you need to be reminded, wait a minute, there's a different reality. I've been born again. The spirit of the living God, the same thing that parted the Red Sea, that raised Lazarus from the dead, is just rocking up and bubbling around in my belly, and Jesus said that those who believe in him would have rivers of living water come out of their bellies, out of their hearts. Rivers. Oh, put your hand on your belly and say, there's a river in there. Oh, see, we sang those kid songs. I've got a river of life. Right? Makes left. How does it go? To see. I got a river of life. Listen, that's a cute song, but if we walked that song, we'd have revival. 
You walk into chaos and you're like river mode, you know, just like rivers, spirit of God, and you begin to prophesy life and hope and you don't give in to despair and chaos and confusion. Why? Because we have a different perspective. We have a seat with our dad and we can see clearly. Ah, come on. Your flesh may not want to respond to God, but your spirit wants to respond and rise up in faith. Amen? Amen. All right, so we got to see what kind of love the Father's given to us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. This is the greatest reality. This is so amazing. And it says, the reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Listen, church, we have to stop expecting that the world is going to know us. This is, this is amazing to me how many Christians in the last year and a half have been either frustrated, hurt, offended, weirded out that the world is being the world. Why does this shock us so much? Many people, like, do you know what's happening in the world? I, I can take a guess. <laughs> That's not revelatory. It's not, it's not revelatory. The world living in sin and chaos and the legislation and the weirdness, that's not revelatory. The gospel is revelatory. Right? And so why am I saying that? Is listen, the world should not know us, recognize us, value us, respect us in that sense. They're not going to just all of a sudden go, okay, wow. We, we No, the world does not know us because it did not know him and we've been born of him. So there's, we've got to get comfortable, church, being other and set apart from the world. And I want to say something because I feel in my heart this thing. Like, I, I absolutely love this nation. I've been all over the world. I love America. I, I'm serious. In the bottom of my heart, I love this nation. I honor this nation and those who made the sacrifice for this nation. But I am not seeking first the, the kingdom of America. And the righteousness of America. I'm seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And I trust that as I do that, my life will be a blessing to my nation. Come on. We got we to gotta get out of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. We got to get that leaven out of our thinking. Seek first the kingdom. Filter your conversation, your thoughts, your beliefs through the kingdom. And then you can rightly respond to what's happening in our nation and be salt and be light and advance the kingdom. Amen? Oh, come on. I'm not saying don't engage. I, I do my civic duty. I engage. I'm out there. You know, like I'm, I'm in it. I'm in the mix. I'm not like, well, let's put our head in the sand and seek the kingdom and pray. No, when you're seeking the kingdom, your life will actually impact culture. All right. I'm going to give you three nuggets because people like nuggets. They like nuggets, Nancy. They tell me all the time. I just come up here and rant. They don't remember anything I say. But if I give you nuggets, you're like, oh, you gave me a nugget. <laughs> Can't get chicken nuggets, Chick-fil-A on Sunday, but you can get Bible nuggets. <laughs> I love Chick-fil-A. They're doing it right. They're doing it right. All right, guys, the Father, the Father um, he gives us so much. The nature of God is a giver. Um, one of the ways, I think, one of the, the, the chief ways we can begin to repent and experience the more of God is just to acknowledge, first and foremost, God's a giver. He's a giver. He's not a taker. See, the, religiosity will teach you that God's a taker. He's always trying to take something, teach something, pull something. But even in God's taking away, he's actually giving life. 
And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna share three things I believe God gives with us. The first, I've already touched on it, is identity. It's the starting place for every Christian, is identity. He spoke to Jesus when he came up out of the waters. He said, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Think about that. Jesus had done nothing. He'd not earned anything. He hadn't done any ministry. And the father publicly proclaims his good pleasure over his son. This was his identity. I am the beloved apart from what I do. And what, what sometimes happens in, in church culture, not, not here, but just as a whole, some of the belief systems that we hold is I will be beloved when I. If that's your thought, I can promise you, not as a prophet of God, just as someone who's experienced it, you're exhausted, you're worn out, and you're spinning your wheels trying to please God, trying to become something that you already are in Christ. It's, it's, it's the true pandemic in the church. I'm telling you, it's the, true, it's the truest core of spiritual decay, cancer, guilt, shame, condemnation is people trying to earn what God gives to us freely through his son to be received by faith. And in that place of receiving God's affection, receiving God's love, receiving his identity, his pleasure, something will happen to you. Your behavior will begin to change. It doesn't happen the other way around. You cannot change your behavior and then earn God's love. The way the Bible works is that he actually causes us to be born again by his spirit as a free gift, and then he nourishes that new life in us through his smile. Come on. This is common. This is, this is, you can see this in nature. We have a strawberry plant. Do you know what it does all day? <laughs> this is the picture of the Christian life. You're, well, is, it, is, it, you know, is it working? Is it, yeah, it's producing strawberries. It's bearing fruit. How? How is it doing that? Because it's in the right environment. This is all my strawberry plant does. This is the Christian walk. This is it. Oh, come on. This will, you'll get delivered this morning. If you get that right there, you're like, give me some Bible. If you abide in the vine, why did anyone tell us this? It's right there. This is the Christian life. God's smiling at you. I love you. You're amazing. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, but God, what about, he goes, stop looking at that. Look at me. And all of a sudden, what happens is, is how he designed you in that place of just being nourished by the water and the light and the soil. You're just being nourished. You begin to grow up from the inside, and old sin habits and sin thoughts and sin behaviors begin to break off. And the true righteousness of Christ, good works begin to pop off your life. Oh, it's so awesome. Like, that's, that's your calling. In Romans 1, you are called to belong to Christ. I'm a simple guy, y'all. Contrary to you, like, we know. <laughs> You're called to belong. You know what belong means? It just means be there for a long time. This is the essence. You are called. Here, what's my calling? Let me tell you, those watching online, whoever listens to this, your calling is to belong to Jesus Christ. What do you mean belong? Just be there for a long time. Be where? Be where he puts you in his son, in the place of belovedness, in the place of where he's sharing his thoughts and affections with you. Identity. That's what he gives us. Second things he gives us of many things is, is intimacy. 
It's that place of intimacy that I'm describing. It's the place of the exchange of affection. And for many of us, for me, I'll just say, and you may relate to this, it's so easy for me to depart from intimacy because I I feel more comfortable relating to God as more of like like a coach and a teacher than as a father. One of the ways you know that you're doing that is your, your prayer constantly is, God, what are you teaching me? What are you showing me? What are you doing? Right? And, and it comes from a pure place, but in actuality, in some senses, it's really just a veil because we're afraid of intimacy. Like I have five children, and if they came to me every day and said, said Dad, what are you teaching me today? And I'm sitting there wanting him, my, you know, my daughter or my son, or if I want them to be in my lap, I'm like, I'm not teaching you anything. I just want to enjoy you. What if God's not always teaching you? What if, what if a lot of the time he's just wanting to enjoy you and celebrate you? When was the last time you sat with God and said, God, um, your word says in Psalm 139 that you have uh, many precious thoughts towards me, that if, if I were to count them, they would outnumber the sand on the seashore. When was the last time you just said, hey, God, could you throw a couple of those thoughts my way? Well, brother, I hear God tell me he loves me every day. Praise God. Have you asked him what he loves about you? It's one of the coolest questions to ask our dad. What is it that you like about me? Does that make anyone uncomfortable? It is. And it reveals something in our heart. If we're like, I can talk to God that way? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's your bread. It's your nourishment. Because what happens in that place, let me tell you what happens practically. Fear of man will be broken off of your life. Insecurity, worry, anxiety. I'm, I'm, I'm so serious. I can tell you this and preach this until I'm blue, until the evening. And, and I believe in many of you there's a, there's a spark of faith that's being birthed in your heart. But until you go and actually sit and, and have an exchange with the Father and to see his smile speak into your heart and tell you the things he loves about you as a husband, as a wife, as a daughter, as a friend, and it comes into your heart and you receive it and you don't just do that false humility thing. We're like, no, surely you can't say that about me. You don't know what. Listen, if you struggle with that, it's because your flesh and your circumstances have gotten so big in your eyes that it's really, really hard for you to walk by the Spirit. And the only way to do that is to go back to see the cross and to go, wait a minute, you actually saw me in my depravity, in my wickedness, and no place that I'm at now surprises you or causes you to pull back from me. He saw it all. Can I just save you a lot of trouble? He sees every thought, every mess, everything you've done, and he's like, he still thought it worth it to send his son. Oh, my Lord. Y'all should be, maybe inside you're having revival. I tell people I wake up in revival every morning because I'm loved by God. Do you know how liberating that is? Because here, truthfully, y'all could all leave and text Joe and be like, that guy was terrible. And guess what's going to happen tonight? I'm going to put my head on my pillow, and I'm going to sleep like a baby because I'm loved by God. (laughs) Like, he loves me. He thinks I'm awesome. That's why I sleep well, and I will. But, you know, do you know what they said about me? I don't really care. (laughs) Not that I don't care, it's just that it doesn't affect my heart in that way. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? 
And so when you come into this place, it actually solves. This revelation of God as Father isn't just a revelation. It's an encounter with something that will set us free from anxiety, worry, fear of man. We just come into the abundance because we have an amazing Father. So you have identity, you have intimacy. And then I believe the last thing, um, the gift that he gives us is that we actually have the ability to imitate God. Ephesians 5.1 says, says this, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love. Think about that. Without the revelation of being born of God, the thought of imitating God seems impossible. Y'all don't leave me now. Come on. We got a few more minutes. You got, I know y'all have DVR. Just <sighs> think about this for a minute. The call for us is to imitate God. What do you mean imitate God? Meaning when you see it in the life of Jesus, he's made a way for you to walk just like Christ. That doesn't, that doesn't produce a burden. Why? Because you understand how it happens. It doesn't happen by your flesh. It happens by the spirit. And we just learned that this is how you grow up into maturity in Christ. This is it. This is my great revelation for you this morning. This is how you grow up and mature in your Christian faith. This is how you stagnate. Look at my belly button. That's how you, that's how you stagnate. This is how you go real fast. Slow down. And usually when you're doing this inside, you're the most busy. Oh, you're just working. You're just running. You're tired all the time. The Christian life seems like, why am I even doing this? Well, because you're not really enjoying. You're not riding the wave. I think many of us need to just see the smile of God again. The smile of our Father. To let Him father us. Can you stand to your feet? Can we just take a minute and... um, want to walk you through something I believe that God will honor if you're in this room or online there's things that are producing anxiety could be a sickness could be a wayward son or daughter could be your marriage could be something in your business it's usually things you really care about that are not in step and in line with what you want them to be and and that anxiety and that lack of peace and the lack of confidence is coming because your eyes are just fixated on that thing. And for still others that you're just, I, I just feel there's like a, a spirit of like harassing, like you've been harassed by accusation, accusing thoughts. You just feel like you're not doing enough. You constantly feel like you're not pleasing God. You feel like, I, I gotta do more. I, I just, I don't feel right with God. If that's you, just know this morning that God wants to, he wants to, 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 
silence the voice of the accuser. And he wants to just baptize you fresh this morning in his love. Not just a head knowledge, but an experiential like washing of his smile and his affection and God's embrace. God is not afraid of physical touch. He will touch your mortal body with his presence. And so if that's you, just, you can just extend your hands. Sometimes when my kid wants me to hold him, he just lifts his hands up like, Dad, I need you to hold me. And if you're tired of just feeling like God's always teaching you a lesson, you're just, you know, you're, you get a flat tire and you're like, oh man, what's God teaching me? I don't know. What if he just wants to love you this morning as a father loves his kids? Could you just, whatever that looks like, to posture yourself before him. Father, we need you. We need you, Father. Come on, just in your own words, just come to your dad. He's your father. Doesn't matter what the person to your left or right thinks of what you pray. Just tell him. I don't care how numb you feel. Just right as you are. God, I'm numb to you. Just be real with God. Walk in the light. He can deal with it. God, I feel far from you. God, I feel like I've been so weighed down by anxieties and the cares of this life. God, I just turned from that this morning. I want to I experience the joy of being your son, of being your daughter, of being loved by you just in a fresh way. God, let me never get tired of that reality. We're not striving to some place in the future where we're finally arrive with God. No, God, we are your children this morning because of your son, Jesus. We thank you for that reality. And I pray, Holy Spirit, would you pour the love of the Father? As it says in Romans 5, would you pour the love of the Father into our hearts this morning? Every numb and stony place in our hearts, every place of apathy, spiritual slumber, Lord, let it be broken off this house. God, may this house be alive, alive and awake to your presence and to your glory. Come on, with your own words, can you just pray, God, I want to be alive to you. I want to be awake in your presence. I want to be confident as your son or daughter. And it's only by the Spirit. God, we repent this morning from living and walking by the flesh. It's not, you don't have to weep and wail, but just be willing to turn from living by circumstances. Be willing to turn away from being obsessed with, with what's happening in our nation. God, we seek your kingdom, Lord, and your righteousness. We seek your face this morning, God. Come on, can we just take a few minutes and just collectively as a family can we come to our dad can we join faith believing that in these next few moments that we're going to be we're going to be filled with God's spirit in a profound way Jesus we love you would you speak to your children now lord specific words of pleasure and affection over each one in this room. God, we just stop everything. We stop ministry time. We stop our clocks. We stop our expectations of this day, God. And I ask in this moment that you would speak their names, 
you would smile and that you would strengthen us this morning with your affection. Just stay in that place. God's going to speak to you. He's going to let you see his smile. And I just see the clouds of accusation, depression, anxiety, suicide. I see those clouds parting right now. That spirit of heaviness is just being lifted off of many of you right now. (sighs) Breath of God coming fresh into your lungs, into your heart. And as God smiles at you, I encourage you to smile back at him. You'd let your light shine. It's one of the ways you receive his smile is just by giving it back to him. Take us deeper. Teach us what it means to be sons and daughters, Lord. know the days to come are going to be wild but they're going to be glorious because you're with us so Lord with the Proverbs 31 woman we just laugh at the days to come we just with great joy and anticipation Lord we expect to see great and marvelous things in our lives in our families and in our nation we love you Lord we honor you keep this house in the love of God I just commit and commend them to your grace, to your spirit.